Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Unapologetic Me podcast. I am coming in hot here in Denver. It has started getting nicer out, and I have been spending at least an hour outside every day. I spend at least an hour in the sun with no sunblock on. This allows your body to get the natural vitamin D from the sun and it's actually really beneficial for you to spend at least 20 minutes a day in the sun so that you can get the vitamin D and the benefits that you need. Our bodies were meant to have some sun exposure. No, you shouldn't be spending eight hours in the day with no sunblock on, but we were meant to get some sun exposure because it's meant that to build up those vitamin D storages so that when the winter months come, you have that build in your body so that your body doesn't go into a depression like a lot of people do in the northern hemisphere or places that get really, really cold during the winter time when you're not seeing the sun a lot. Also, if you're consuming a healthy diet, the way that our bodies are meant to, especially if you're plant-based or at least you know 80% plant-based, the nutrients that you get in the food that you're eating actually block your body from getting sunburned. So it's highly beneficial and most sunblocks on the market are highly, highly toxic. If you put any of them into the app Think Dirty, that's what I usually use to check my sunblocks or anything, any type of product from the store, you will see the levels are super high. If I do wear sunblock, usually after the hour that I've been in the sun, I will put on um, the band is Badger and I'll link it below so that you guys know exactly which one that I use. Um, I think I'm going to kind of do in the beginning of my podcast episodes just a little rundown of what I'm doing and what's going on in my life just to keep you updated. For anyone who doesn't follow me on Instagram, I'll also link my Instagram below. It's at Kirby B. And I am still doing the raw diet. It's um, the it basically was the medical medium's 28-day detox, but I I did it one time last October, and, and then the second time I did it was um, the beginning of April, and I'm doing my third round again now, and the reason why I'm doing this is because I'm also doing it simultaneous with parasite cleansing, and I, I'm writing my parasite cleansing guide right now because I realize that I have this obscene amount of knowledge after having done it for 16 months and most recently passing a four foot long parasite. Let's take a moment of silence for that because, yo, even though I've been doing this for as long as I'm doing, when a worm that big comes out of me, it actually scares the shit out of me because I'm just like, how is this possible? I didn't start passing these huge worms until the last two months, and that was already 14 months into doing parasite cleansing and over 250 coffee enemas. So I had been passing small parasites, eggs, biofilms, and just like two, three-inch parasites, which let me tell you was a big deal to me. To pass like a three-inch parasite, I was like, what are those? All of a sudden, I started incorporating in these other things that I started learning, which I'm putting in my parasite guide, and the first time, like three days in a row, I passed like three two-and-a-half-foot worms, and I was like, I'm going to die right now in this moment. I, I couldn't even take it. And then here I am and it's still happening. And let me tell you, even though I've been doing it and it's been happening, it doesn't get any more normal for me. It's still wild. 
but it just goes to show how long they've probably been in there growing. It could have been for my entire life. And the thing that I don't think people realize is that you can literally catch parasites from anything. You don't have to be in a third world country. People don't wash their hands. Parasite eggs can live underneath your fingernails. One of the biggest things that I've learned through all of this, because I've read like five books and like 50 different articles to compile all this information into this parasite guide because there's so much amazing beneficial information, but it's all over the place. So I wanted to compile it into one place to make it as easy as possible to do these cleanses because it's so vital for people to be parasite cleansing. It's so vital. For centuries and centuries and centuries, people have been parasite cleansing and then all of a sudden Western medicine came around and they completely wiped it out and they want to pretend like that's not something that's happening to people. And let me tell you, it's happening to people because I'm proof in the pudding. Like, yo. So people don't wash their hands and the cleanliness and the pollution and the everywhere, it's so easy. Dogs catch them outside bring them into your house it's in their fur they shake their fur they climb up on their on your couch then they they're they're in the dust in the air then you breathe it in and then you've got the parasites within you your dog licks its butthole to clean itself you guys all dogs have parasites all cats have parasites and then people allow these dogs to lick their face lick their hands lick their legs and guess what immediately a thousand microscopic parasites from your dog's tongue or your cat's tongue is now on you and it's absorbed directly into your skin that's but like oh my gosh i could just go on forever about this anyways the guide will be finished in the next three days Whenever I get it completely done, I will put the link in the show notes below so that you can have access to it because everybody needs to do this. I have like three to five different ways where you can do parasite cleansing in there and you can see how you want to incorporate it into your life. And you don't have to be doing the coffee enemas or changing the diet or any of that stuff. There will be different levels for how you want to incorporate it. You can modify your diet if you want to, but I actually have my sister right now who's doing the protocols and she's a meat eater, she's a dairy eater, she doesn't eat healthy, and she hasn't changed anything outside of her norm and she's taking the herbs and she's passing parasites and she's like what is going on and here I am and I'm like eating raw doing coffee enemas taking the extra supplements and like I'm passing them like wildfire and she's not doing changing anything she's just taking the herbal protocol and she's also passing them the extra steps that you could be taking when you're doing the protocol is just to expedite your release of them and expedite your healing. In my case, I was like, especially having been through chronic illness and Lyme and everything these past year, like, I was like, I'm going hard. I don't even care. And to be honest, I actually, I'm not even ashamed to say this anymore. I actually love coffee enemas because they make me feel amazing. And they are one of the only things that got rid of my anxiety. So there's that. The last thing that I'm going to say before I get into this episode is one of my favorite drinks right now is seltzer water with um, Concord grape juice. Obviously, when you get any of your juices, you want to make sure they're 100% organic and the only ingredient is the actual fruit. Not that you never want to get anything from concentrate or anything with added sugars. It should just be the fruit. Trust me, it's sweet enough. And if you haven't ever had like legit Concord grape juice, ooh, you don't even know what you're missing because yo, 
it is hot fire. Juice can be like extremely potent and I don't really need to be drinking straight juice. It's almost too much to take, but I'm telling you, if you drink pour in your glass three quarters of the way with the sparkling water and then you add a quarter of the juice mm, so good you could add a squeeze of lime like I'm not even joking it's so good another one that's really good is tart cherry juice with the sparkling water and a squeeze of lime mm. so that is what my vibe is right now with that I'm going to be doing the raw diet for um I don't know it's, it's literally only raw fruits and vegetables, everybody, okay? It's not like when people are raw vegans, they can still eat nuts and seeds and things like that. But this detox with the medical medium is literally only raw fruits and vegetables. And I'm also creating a ebook of all the recipes and how it was for me while I did this protocol because I've been getting so many questions from people and I just want to be able to have one thing that they can go to if they really want to know all the information. So I'm compiling it all together. The first time that I had done the detox in October, which was so beneficial for me, I didn't keep track of what I ate and so many people were like, what did you eat? What did your diet look like? And I was like, oh shoot. And then the second time around when I was doing it in April, People are asking me the same questions, so I kept documentation of it, and I also have been doing it this time around, um, and so I'll be compiling that. I also am creating my coffee enemas for beginners guide because I think that that is something also that people need to use, and it, if you want to do it in conjunction with the parasite cleansing, that's totally great. If anything, I do feel like people should be doing them for maintenance at least once a month, Listen, I know that this is like a weird thing and these protocols are different than anything you've ever heard of, but coffee enemas or just enemas in general have been something that's been around since ancient times. They have from Egypt and many other places showing thousands of years ago they were doing enemas to clear out their colons. Like guys, the gut is the second brain. Everything that happens in your gut, like your gut literally controls everything in your body. It is so vital for us to take care of our guts. And this, the coffee enemas also are amazing for your liver and your liver is your biggest detoxifier. And it increases the glutathione pr production by like 600%. And honestly, I'm a changed woman. I will do coffee enemas for the rest of my life. If my future husband ain't down with me doing coffee enemas, bye bye You gots to go. So we have those three guides, which are coming out within the next week which is huge huge and I've been reading the Akashic Records for everybody that aspect of my business is going extremely well and it's really exciting also hey oh if you want to check me out on TikTok I just created a TikTok and it's been very exciting being on there all of this is linked below so feel free to do that and let's get into this episode now I feel tired just after giving you guys an update so I've said this in like my past episode, but I do have a long list of different things that I want to speak about and update everybody on and go through to kind of give some background a lot on a lot of my life and my journey into spirituality and chronic illness and all this stuff. But I also am the kind of person when I feel compelled to speak about it, I feel like that's when I'm supposed to be speaking about it then. And so right now I'm kind of putting everything else on the back burner and I'm just kind of going with the flow with what I want to speak about on the podcast. I also am going to be interviewing some people starting next week. And so just lots of good things happening for the podcast over here. You know what I'm saying? 
So this episode, I really want to talk about inner work because inner work is something that has been extremely beneficial for just my health and where I, how I've gotten to where I am now, to be completely honest. I'm going to create a link that will also be in the show notes where it can take you to a page that will show you all of the people and the resources that I've utilized in regards to my inner work. Basically, the biggest thing that I've learned, and this is not anything that I had known in my life prior to eight months ago, to be completely honest, and it's that we have been programmed since we were little kids. The majority of our behavior, first of all, the majority of the thoughts that you have every single day, 90% of them are on autopilot. And you don't even realize that they're just playing over and over and over. That's why people have certain habits. And if you have bad habits, they're hard to break them because you've literally been programmed to behave that way. And our thoughts and the way that we react to things and the way that we view things, the way that we speak about things, how we carry ourselves, all of this is in our subconscious. And this programming predominantly is from when you are zero to seven years old, which most of us don't remember the type of programming that we received during that time. But this can also carry from seven to 14. So the majority of your programming in your behavior is from zero to 14. And it doesn't matter if you feel like you've had the best childhood growing up. There are instances in your childhood that shaped you into who you are. Maybe you feel like you had a perfect childhood, but there was some time when you were at training camp and one girl shamed you for having blue eyes and this made you feel insecure about your eye color and that's something that's kind of carried to where you are now and so you have shame as who you are as a person and it hasn't allowed you to show up authentically as yourself or maybe it's much deeper than that like you were sexually abused or physically abused or emotionally abused and these traumas have built on top of each other and caused you to lash out in your adult life and it's shaped your behavior as who you are as a person It can be as small or as big as those things, but it depends on each person. Each person is different. And whether we like it or not, you're gonna have some of that trauma because when you're a child, you're so easily manipulated. You're so easily shaped. And it even when parents or peers or teachers think that they're doing the right thing, it depends on what type of person you are. Maybe you're super sensitive or maybe you are shy or are outgoing, how things relate to you as a person affects you individually. If your teacher says something to an entire classroom, say you're in the first grade and your teacher says something to an entire classroom and everyone else thinks it's a big thing but you take it as a verbal attack, that's that's not anybody's fault. It's just how you're responding to what's being presented in front of you and this is something that could affect you for the rest of your life. Just as good things that have happened in our childhood also affect us for the rest of our lives and they create these beautiful memories that you can think back of, the old, the hard memories or the traumas or the shadows or the or the inner child stuff that can sit with you for a long time and that's not as relevant in the forefront of what could be affecting you in your life. 
also we learn a lot about our behavior, our lived behavior during that time. So if your mother always was screaming when somebody confronted her with an issue, you might be respond in the same sense as an adult screaming when someone presents an issue with you and then that person doesn't understand why you're coming in so hot but this is something that you learned as a young child and you're just regurgitating that back in that moment you might not even know yourself why you're responding that way because but that's because it's subconsciously ingrained in you when it's in your subconscious it's like your dna has been shaped and you can reprogram your dna so in regards to doing inner work you have to start acknowledging this shadow and inner child and unlovability that maybe you feel. I believe that no matter how quote unquote perfect you think that your childhood was, we all have inner work that needs to be done. This starts with getting really radically honest with yourself. And to be honest, I didn't think that I had inner work to deal with. I knew that I had been through some things in my life, but I I just thought that I was strong and that I'd moved past them and they had never affected me. <laughs> Joke was on me. Listen, we store all of our emotional trauma in our physical bodies. That is how diseases end up manifesting because everything is energy and this old stored negative trauma is this negative energy and negative pieces that are then stuck within your body and it makes it easier for toxins and infections bacteria and viruses and funguses to thrive in a body that has negative energy floating within it you can go to therapy I went to therapy for three years when I first got diagnosed with anxiety and depression but I had already had anxiety and depression for five years prior to that I just, number one, I was in denial about being depressed. And number two, with anxiety, no one had ever explained to me what anxiety was. So when I went to the doctor and actually found out what it was, I was all like, I've had this for so long, I had no idea that that's what anxiety was because no one in my family had ever spoke about mental health or anxiety or depression, to be completely honest. So I did go to therapy for three years and that is a form of doing some inner work and I'm not negating therapy but I do feel like therapy is really surface yes you're speaking about things that have happened to you but you have to like figure it out yourself and kind of navigate it yourself and like I said so much of this is subconscious it's not in our forefront of our brain where it's easy to even remember it's all subconscious and it's just programmed within you so I just didn't feel maybe other people feel differently than this and and please I'm not saying don't go to therapy but I didn't feel for me that I ever got to the deep core root problems fast forward to eight months ago and the first type of energetic inner work that I did was I had Reiki done and Reiki is when you have a Reiki practitioner move energy out of your body and the reason why that was the first type of inner work that I had done is because I had first of all afterwards I was an emotional mess I couldn't even function I was bawling I was not mentally prepared for that I had no idea that that was going to happen and it brought up all of these old memories that I had and I didn't understand why they were coming up 
And afterwards, the Reiki uh, practitioner had to sit down with me and speak with me about what he experienced. And I spoke about what I experienced and I kind of realized what exactly had happened. And he kind of explained to me why it had happened. And it shook me. It totally shook me. And I was an emotional mess for like a week. So that happened and then I re- that's when I started realizing like wow I have so much stuck old limiting beliefs stuck in my body and just old trauma stuck in my body and through tackling and going into this inner work it allows you to start releasing those so you can reprogram and not be living in this old stuck subconscious way anymore like if you really 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 want to change your life you have to get in there and do the inner work to release out those old limiting beliefs and those old traumas because they're just going to hold you back and you don't even realize that they are like I didn't even know that it was the second thing that I did was breath work oh yo breath work has changed my life I think that I could recommend if you don't have a lot of money I literally recommend investing into breath work the woman who i have done it through her name is brie melanson i literally will also put her information below in the show notes it's i'm putting this into the universe right now i really want to interview her for my podcast so let's make that happen universe know what i'm saying and so she had where you where she hosts virtual breathwork classes and she coaches you through a breathwork and the first time I did it oh my gosh let me tell you my entire body was like convulsing and my fists were like claws and they were like stuck I couldn't even physically move my body I was so in a different like mental like I was so tapped in. That was like my first major spiritual moment because I was in such a out of body state that my I couldn't move my physical body. It's like I knew that I was in my physical body, but if you would have asked me to move my arm, I couldn't have moved my arm. And it pulled out so much stagnant energy and that was the first time when I had my eyes rolled back towards my third eye and that was the first time that I could see spirit guides in the room with me and all of this stuck emotion and I was bawling oh my gosh I was bawling and I literally was I was fucked up pardon my French I was so fucked up after that so that was the first time that I did it and it literally was July 5th 2019 okay and breath work also is a breathing technique to help you release out again this stagnant energy but it's also simultaneous where you're almost like in a hypnosis state and different memories are coming up so as I continued doing breath work after that even in this first time the memories that were coming up were from my abusive father and I thought that I had let all those go but I had never let them go I had just suppressed them deep 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 down in me and I never dealt with them so during that time all of this regurgitation of this abuse from my father just kept coming forward so that's why you're crying because you're releasing out this emotional trauma when you cry 
or you feel like you need to cry, that is your body's natural response. But a lot of times we're told, you need to toughen up, you need to buck up, crying's for sissies or wimps or pussies or whatever. And especially little boys, like they're taught not to show their emotions. Well, I also was never able to show my emotions. I always had to be this really strong, tough girl. And I kept suppressing all of that emotion in me. And it literally was coming up during this breathwork session. So as I kept doing breathwork, it would allow me to slowly keep peeling back that onion layer. Every time I did breathwork, it would release more and more and more. And let me tell you, (laughs) I did not want to do breathwork because I did not. It is so hard to deal with emotional trauma. I am not going to tell you that it's easy. And that is a big part of all of this inner work. You have to release out that emotional trauma to evolve and move forward. It is so hard because you know when you're going into breath work, especially if you have a lot of trauma like I did slash do, you, you know what you're going into. You know that you're going to be facing this shadow and that you're going to have to deal with it. You have to face it, you have to acknowledge it, you have to give it grace, and you have to move forward from it. But that doesn't mean that the emotions don't also come up. So every single time when I was going into breath work, I was peeling back another layer, another emotional trauma layer, mental trauma layer, you know, just so much. I was peeling it back that as as I kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper, it was harder and harder and harder. And I did not want to do it, but every single time. I'm talking for like three months. I would be a bawling, blubbery mess. But as I kept releasing out those emotions and facing these old childhood traumas that I seriously couldn't even believe were coming up, as I kept facing them and moving through them and facing them and moving through them, number one, this was also simultaneous while I was healing from chronic illness, my physical healing was skyrocketing. My emotional healing was skyrocketing, my mental healing was skyrocketing, and my, my spiritual growth was just completely skyrocketing because I was literally releasing out all of these learned things from society, from my family, from other people, then I was actually getting back to the core of who I was as a person. No more was I having these, literally they're like weighted blankets. No more did I have these weighted blankets on top of me. They were peeling back. And as I kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper, it's like the blankets were falling off faster. I did breath work every single day for a few months. Oh, it was horrible. I'm not going to tell you guys it was easy, but it wasn't. But it, it was so beneficial. And I'm also the kind of person, maybe you guys have noticed this with like the parasite cleansing and everything, where I'm like all or nothing. That's also the way that I am with like dating. People are like, well, why don't you just go out on a date with somebody? And I was like, "Mm, listen, let me tell you something. It's either a hell yes or it's a no. There's no like, oh, maybe I'll think about it and he can buy me a few dinners. No. Listen, I'm not that girl. No. And I don't grow attraction to somebody. If I see somebody and I'm not instantly attracted to them, I know that I'm not going to become attracted to them. Because when I see a guy and I'm like, damn, he's fine. I know I'm like, okay, there's something about him that's like intriguing me towards him. But there's many other guys and I'm not saying that they're not good looking. They're plenty good looking. I'm just not physically attracted to them. And no matter what, I know myself at this point in time, I'm not just going to grow an attraction for a guy. 
but I don't like wasting my time because my time is one of the most precious things that I have. So I'm not going to be like, yeah, I'll just go out just to like make you happy, make him happy. No, 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 no. It's a no for me, dog. It's either hell yes or it's a no. It's the same type of thing. Like with breath work, I was all like, okay, I'm committing. I'm doing this. I see that you're healing me. I'm not going to resist you. So I leaned into it even more. Another simpler thing that you can incorporate for your inner work is just silence slash meditation. This huh, is honestly one of my favorite things to talk about because let me tell you guys, when I used to have the craziest monkey brain ever, I could not shut my brain off. And I think this is for a couple of reasons. Number one, I lived in New York City for 10 years. There's no off switch in New York City. I literally felt like I never slept for 10 years. And I also used to drink an obscene amount of caffeine out there because I had to like keep up with the rat race. But when I was ultimately leaving there after deciding to leave the fashion industry and leave New York and everything, I was like, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. There's somebody who's always coming behind to take your spot and there's somebody always like in front of you that you're trying to chase and it's exhausting. I was like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. So nonstop for 10 years, my mind is like, blah, 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 never able to calm down ever slash having anxiety and depression and just having your mind being like going a hundred miles in a minute all the time. So I used to always try, like I tried for five years to try and do meditation. I even used to have the, I can't remember what the name of it is, but there's like a British man who used to be a monk who started it. And I used to have where they had the meditations on there and I couldn't even, I couldn't even do them. I couldn't. So then when I decided, when I was like simultaneous with all this, you know, other inner work I was doing, what I would do is I would turn on music on YouTube and I would just set a timer on my phone for five minutes and I would just force myself to sit for five minutes and focus on my breath. And this is what kind of got me into doing some meditations. And then I realized that sitting outside in nature in silence just in my own thoughts was another form of me meditating or me just free write journaling was a way of me meditating meditation doesn't have to look exactly the way that maybe you think that it looks it just has to be a silent time of you allowing yourself to be in a calmer state I have guided meditations um, on my website that you can purchase for as little as $3. So if that's something that you're interested in, I recommend they are have different hertz frequencies in the background, which are also insanely beneficial for the body for healing. Um, but also, like I said, you if you just take some time to sit in silence and focus on your breath, even for one minute, for the first time, sit for one minute. And as one minute gets easier, then try for two minutes, three minutes, four minutes. Like that allows you to start getting more comfortable in yourself and trusting yourself. And the more you trust yourself, it's easier for you to release out this stuff within. So finally, after I had gone, I had been doing, I had done Reiki, breath work, meditation. This is when I learned about Lacey Phillips work and her company is called to be magnetic and it's a modern day aspect of 
manifesting because I also was learning simultaneous in this you know like I was seeing so much stuff with you know Joe Dispenza and Abraham Hicks and all this stuff on like oh it's so easy to manifest all you have to do is think about the thing that you want and just miraculously shows up yes that is what happens but you will never manifest the things that you want in your life if you subconsciously don't believe that you deserve it so I'm watching all these other people manifest all these great things and like the stuff that's on my manifestation list and in my visualizations like it ain't popping up and I was like what is happening here and I knew that I also had you know I was doing all this inner work and so I was like there must be some subconscious blocks and I also didn't come from money I came from a very very lack family my mother used to scream at us money doesn't grow on trees money doesn't grow on trees and if you want to know more about like my childhood you can listen to my first episode and I will link that below as well but basically you know she came from a very lack mentality and I believe many of my other generations had were very poor and this unworthiness this shame around myself this guilt this fear this lack of money was something that was really ingrained in me so no matter how hard I thought about holding a ten thousand dollar check in my hand nothing was happening because I had so much subconsciously that was holding me back and like I said 90% of what we're doing in our days is all subconscious so once I learned about Lacey Phillips work it's not just about manifesting it's really about removing your limiting beliefs which ultimately this is kind of what I wanted to get to the core of whenever I was going to therapy years before but like I said well in therapy it was just surface I never got to those extra under underlying layers of what was the root cause of a lot of this well during Lacey's work let me tell you something you are faced with it ridiculously she walks you through journal steps as well as guides you through guided like hypnosis slash meditations she has a real gift she does because this is all like part of her purpose here on earth and she's built this amazing company to really help people with this and when these memories come up let me tell you they're so spot on it has pulled out memories for me from when i was in my mother's womb these are memories that i didn't even know that i had what happens is is you become faced with these memories that are limiting beliefs or traumas or whatever something that's within you that's been holding you back and you reprogram it you she basically says and she talks you through like now it's time to reprogram so that this limiting belief is no longer a roadblock and then you go through and you reprogram and you can go through this in many different areas in your life she has ones for your shadow which ultimately is your ego she has like inner child you know unblock your love unblock your money unblock your trust unblock relationships or there's so many ones because we need unblocking you know especially like think about in love if you're trying to call in your perfect partner but all you ever experienced growing up was an abusive father you might have subconsciously only ever been calling in abusive partners whether it's physical mental or emotional 
because you only had ever experienced an abusive father. So what you would basically be doing is going in and reprogramming that belief that all men are like your father and that's the type of man you need to call in. And then once you do that and you're very clear on the type of man that you want to have, you write out your list for your man and then you've got you've opened up these portals to receive that type of energy. Because again, like I was saying with storing emotions in our body, these old subconscious beliefs are old stagnant energy that's sitting within our bodies. Once we acknowledge them and we release them, we open up those other portals to receive that positive energy or whatever type of energy of the new things that we want in our lives because everything is energy. So it's really beautiful because once you release that and you really allow yourself to get in and do this work, it shows how you can really co-create in this universe and her work has been something that has been one of the biggest game changers for me. If you haven't ever done any type of inner work and you kind of want to navigate it on your own without having like any type of help, what I could recommend is looking at and acknowledging your triggers. Triggers are basically mirror, the mirror of issues in our own lives that we haven't dealt with and they're basically showing up as a trigger because the universe is trying to force us to face them but we're not instead we are talking crap about somebody or you know we're following somebody on social media and we're like gossiping about the way that they're behaving or something or somebody is speaking to you about something and it's getting you really worked up inside for no reason and then it sits with you for the rest of the day or the rest of the week or whatever or maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic and then you just start swearing and flipping them off and going crazy. It's like when the actions of another person is causing a rise inside of you, that's a trigger for you. And so what I recommend if you want to try and navigate a little bit on this on your own is that start taking note of when these things are happening. And then you need to go back and journal about them and kind of acknowledge them. Somebody important to you confronts you about something and you lash out and start cussing them out. Well, they've triggered you, you understand? So what you can do is write down what happened and then say, why did this get me so worked up? Why did I respond the way that I did? How can I change my behavior? Ask yourself hard questions like who, what, when, where, why? And start acknowledging and do this with every single thing. And at the end of the week, you should analyze them and see. And then kind of pay attention. See if that person speaks with you again and does the same thing. And then maybe in your case, don't respond the way that you did and see how they behave towards it. Because many other times, people will come to you with things because they know that you're going to behave in a certain way. But if you stop also behaving that way, then they're not going to come to you with that stuff, which then you see what happens is you stop becoming triggered because you respond in a different, a different way. You can't control how they behave. You can only control how you behave. So when you no longer become triggered and you're no longer engaging in, say, some gossip that maybe they were potentially bringing to you, you're stopping that path that energetic path from coming into your bubble 
And guess what? They're probably not going to come to you anymore with any of this nonsense because you're no longer tolerant of it. I also had gone to a shaman. Yo, if you're going to go to a shaman, I recommend going to one that has direct family lineages of shamanism, which this can be, there's many in like Peru and Costa Rica where it's legit in their family blood and they grew up in this culture of knowing that information. Some people, like Western people, go to get trained in shamanism and I have, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I think that for me personally, it's a little bit more difficult for me to trust what they have um, just because I know how deep enriched it is to have a family lineage of that type of skill set. It's not really something that is learned. It's something that's literally in your blood that's passed through to you. So I went to a shaman outside in the suburbs of Chicago and he was recommended to me by a woman who knew my Reiki practitioner and immediately when she recommended this is another thing about once you've kind of removed some layers you learn to trust yourself immediately when she recommended him to me his name is Rodrigo which I also just love I like knew I was like I have to go see this person and to be honest recently he's been on my mind so much and I know that I need to go back and see him but to be honest I have zero desire to go back to the Chicagoland area because I've put up a lot of boundaries around my family and I I just don't want to go back there I don't feel called to go back there but I really feel called to see him he was he's from Peru and he has a whole lineage of this teachings in his family and he was groundbreaking. I won't tell you everything that went on during my shaman appointments, but at my first appointment, oh my gosh, we were sitting there and just being in his energy, I was bawling just sitting across from him. And it's like he, his eyes, he looked like he wanted to cry. And he pulled out and he started doing like cards. They weren't like tarot cards. They were, they had animals on them. And I'll never forget. So he kind of like asked me what I was there for and this, that, and the other. And he was like, what was the biggest thing with being sick that the symptom that was affecting you the most? And immediately in my head, I thought of depression. Because that's something that I at that point had dealt with for 12 years. But I didn't want to say that out loud because I had so much shame around it because our society isn't receptive of people with mental health problems. And so I didn't say that. So I was like, mm, I like waited like 30 seconds and I was like, um, chronic fatigue. And he was all like, really? Are you sure? And I was like, I don't know. And then he flipped his card around and he was like, not depression. And I just broke down bawling. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is legit. So he did a lot of shaman techniques on me and taught me so much and again his work is with stagnant energy within your body and he's actually the first one who told me that I had 
endometriosis and he showed me with these different things that he did with smoke that all congregated around my left ovary and he was like so much of this emotional trauma that you're holding in your body is causing these physical diseases within you and the left side of your body is from the mother and the right side is from your father and in my case i had a lot of emotional trauma from both parents um but my mom's went back so many generations of shame and unworthiness and just all of this stuff and he started really breaking apart a lot of that energy to release it from my body after i would go and have shaman appointments with him i would be so fatigued not just that day but for multiple days after it's like the energy work that i did with him he pulled out so much it's like roots that you're really trying to pull out of the ground and he released so much of that it was mind-blowing if i would have never left chicago i still would continue to have been going to him i just i honestly loved everything that he did so much there's other type of work that you can do like that like marmas or other other energy works that will also allow you to have somebody else helping you pull out these inner demons that are really deep within you the other thing that I did for inner work was plant medicine. And this is something that can be very controversial. I, I think some people are pro it, some people are not pro it. Um, and many people, even some people in the spiritual realm are say like, no, you know, I don't think you should be doing plant medicine and this that, and the other, but listen, all I can say is it is a personal choice for each person and to each their own. So I really want to go on an ayahuasca experience potentially in Peru or Costa Rica. We'll see whichever one like calls my name the most to be completely honest. But the plant medicine that I did was medicinal mushrooms. And let me tell you, I never in my wildest dreams would have thought that I would ever do medicinal mushrooms, to be completely honest. I, I've i never been somebody who's been into drugs at all. I don't even like smoking weed, really, because I just don't love the way that it makes me feel. I've never smoked cigarettes. I've never done cocaine or heroin or ecstasy or anything. Like I, I don't even know where to get any of that. I've never even been around it at all. But then I started learning. I really initially kind of opened my eyes to it was from Jordan Younger, who is the Balanced Blonde on Instagram. She also has been healing from chronic illness and Lyme disease, and we have very similar stories. So I, I can't wait to connect with her one day. But she kind of opened my eyes to the healing powers of it. And she spoke about how she microdoses on it all the time. So probably after like six or eight months of learning about it, I started feeling called that I was meant to do it. So this was about December of last year. And this was after I had purged so much emotionally. And I really was like changing the direction of my life after having been sick and just, you know, all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. When I went to Bali and I spent the entire month of February in Bali, February 2020, which I can't believe I and I want to go back. I actually spent it on the island Gili T, and that is a small island about 
two hour boat ride from Bali and what I loved about this island don't get me wrong I loved Bali but what I loved about this super tiny small island is there are no cars on it you bike or there's horse buggies around the island to walk from like one side of the island to the other side of the island took like 45 minutes or an hour so it was such a small island there's no like exhaust or endocrine disruptors you're in such a small tiny bubble and the spirituality that i experienced not even from like the medicinal mushrooms from being there just from being in this energetic vortex because bali is also these ley lines that go across our earth and when they cross each other that creates these energetic vortexes and the bali area has these ley lines that cross there and that's why the energy is so high and let me tell you guys that when my intuitive downloads were so easy to hear there because you are just sucked into this energetic vortex and there was times when it was also hard for me to manage it because I had just gone through this healing process of chronic illness, so my body was still in a fragile state, but I was energetically up-leveling so fast and spiritually up-leveling so fast that I my physical body couldn't take it. And so like it, I was kind of being tugged in two directions, and anytime I would float in the ocean, I would receive intuitive downloads like clear as day. It was wild. The Indian Ocean, that ocean out there was by far the most beautiful ocean I've ever been in. I'm not going to go super into my mushroom trips because I'm going to do a couple separate episodes to speak about that, but let me tell you, it was mind-blowing and doing mushrooms is unlike any other drug I've ever done in my entire life and I don't even view it as a drug I literally view it as a medicine because it helps you it is not like any it's not like when you smoke weed it enhances everything it enhances everything and it removes your ego completely and so like your thoughts and the things that you're doing in your life are so clear and like what you're supposed to be doing is so clear and the things that come through is so clear it's so mind-blowing i didn't do the mushrooms to party or like drink or anything i literally did them to connect with nature and i spent the entire time i highly recommend if you're going to do them for healing purposes to do them within nature because trust me nature will talk to you which is so beautiful what happened was is like i said because it removes that shield of your ego i received so much like clarity with myself in my life and i also there was a couple times where i had a lot of shadow come up and fear around certain things and stuff from my dad and you know abusive ex-boyfriends and things that came forward and I had to, I was being forced to face. So it was almost the similarity of when you're in the hypnosis state with Lacey Phillips, where you're being presented with this memory from either a past life or sometime in your life, and then you have to acknowledge it and work through it. With mushrooms, you're not in a hypnotic state, but you're being faced with these memories or these past life moments that you're being forced to work through. And then they kind of work through it themselves in your head. And that's allowing you to bring it up. And the way that I kind of view it is like you kind of regurgitating your emotions. Like even with the hypnotic stuff, you are being forced to 
pull up those old memories and deal with them right there and then like regurgitate them out remove them out of your body to then move forward in life and so within doing mushrooms this forces you to do this without you having to actually like try to do it yourself it happens naturally you're not really trying to do it it's wild and beautiful and so special all at once and I haven't, like I said, I haven't done ayahuasca, but aya is a plant medicine. It's directly from nature, and that is a much deeper level of clearing. And I really, really, really want to do aya, especially before I have children, because I want to release as much as I can prior to having children, because you pass all of these emotions down to your children. And I also had learned through doing a lot of this inner work that a part, a big part of my purpose here on earth is to break these generational ties of emotions and low vibrational energies and and stuff, you know, like fear, shame, lack, unworthiness, that a part of my purpose here is to break those ties so that they don't continue on anymore. And it makes total sense because of the type of person that I am, but also being given that task to do is not easy because like I said, doing all of this inner work is not easy. And there was one time when I was having kind of a, a hard mushroom trip in Bali where I literally screamed out loud, why me? Why me? Why do I have to do this? Why is it ha- why can't one someone else? Like why couldn't one of my siblings do it? And they were like because when I say they, it was like my intuition, my highest self telling me. They were like because you were chosen. You were chosen. You don't get to choose this. You were chosen. You were chosen. It's part of your purpose, your life's path, part of what you're supposed to fulfill on earth and you need to accept that and so once i accepted that and realized like okay it's actually been easier for me to work through a lot of the generational stuff because i was like okay you know this is part of my purpose here and obviously i don't know everything about inner work and releasing all of this stuff out but this is what i have done and what has worked for me the biggest thing that i can say too is that I don't think that inner work ever stops. I think there is always areas and parts of us that we can get better at and limiting beliefs that we can move through or that might creep up at different areas in our lives, you know? Who knows when they might come back? But once you have the tools on your belt, it's so much easier to acknowledge and work through these. So even today, I had a memory pop up from fourth grade and let me tell you you guys I had a horrible fourth grade it was absolutely horrible and I completely forgot about this year of my life because I think that I really put it on my back burner I put it on to my like hidden cave in my body because that year was a traumatic year for me um and so okay I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what the year was because I'm sure people are going to want to know at this point 
and then I'll tell you what I did to deal with it. So it randomly popped up and I know that when I have these quote unquote random thoughts about things, you should know, I mean, I hope everybody who knows that listens to this, that nothing is ever random. When something is popping up into your head, a random thought, some odd thing, it's coming up because it's something that you need to either start doing in your life, it's a sign, it's a intuitive download, it's a message, it's something to guide you in your life. So if something's popping up like this, like a old random memory about something, it's probably something that you need to work through. I had went to the same elementary school as my two older sisters until I was in second grade. And then my sister, who's one year older than me, she got a, she's really smart, she's always been really smart, and she got like a, into this accelerated math program. And because I was her sister, I also was able to switch and go to this other school. And so we switched elementary schools, which I didn't want to do. And the elementary school that we were at with first was a really like innocent school where there wasn't a lot of hierarchy of like being popular or cool. And I just never experienced like judgment there. And then when we switched to this new school, it was a lot more like it wasn't like a nice fancy school but the only way I can describe it is it was more pretentious there was more kids who were there was already like a division between students of like cool and uncool and all of that and so my third grade year was fine I don't have many memories from that but my fourth grade year was fucking hell okay I go into this class and the teacher was horrible she was a raging bee let me tell you I still to this day remember what she looks like and I feel like she was just a horrible demon from another dimension. She was such a nasty person. She was so mean. She was so like uncaring. She was a terrible teacher. And there was this girl in that class and her name was Erin Bailey. And this girl bullied me for the entire year. She bullied me for the entire year. There was a few different times, like one time my dog died and I don't even know like how people in my class knew. I think that my mom told our teachers because this was like our first dog that we had growing up and she died because she had like tumors on her back leg or something. I can't remember. Her name was Tasha, but it was really traumatizing for me and my siblings. We were like bawling messes as we should be. Our dog died, you know? And so... I think my mom told our teachers and then Erin Bailey came up to me as I was like, she was such a nasty girl. She came up to me and was like, sorry about your dead dog. And I just literally looked at her like, oh my God. And she was so nasty that anytime I would try and like stand up for myself or defend myself, she would say really nasty things to me. She started being physical with me where she would like pinch me or push me or pull my hair like behind the teacher's back and then use it against me she started physically attacking me out on the um playground at school and finally I started defending myself and then they instead of them reprimanding her they forced they reprimanded both of us equally and this was a big thing for me to work through today because I realized that I had this subconscious thing 
within me of being shamed for things that I haven't done wrong. And that's exactly what happened in this case in fourth grade. I was being reprimanded when I was defending myself from somebody who was bullying me. And any other time, like if we ever, so any so for the rest of the year after she did that, they wouldn't allow us to go out to recess at the same time. One day I could go out to recess, the next day she could go out to recess. One day I could go out to recess. Like it flipped like flops like that every single week. And she just was like such an abusive person towards me. Then, you know, like things would get better and we would go out and then she would be so nasty that she would like shove my face in the sand or like push me or trip me or do these nasty things. And I had this other memory and this is another thing that I had to work through subconsciously because one time she did all this nasty stuff to me and then she was so manipulative that she actually got my older sister to defend her and not defend me. And so this was something that I had to work through subconsciously within myself that I felt so unworthy that even my own family member wouldn't have my back. And this is something that I've also dealt with as an adult where I've had to put up these very firm boundaries with my family. It's just so funny how the things that happen to you as a child, they mirror back. This Erin Bailey chick was also psychotic. She, I was such like an innocent, young like really empathic sensitive person and I still am but like that's who I was as a child she literally you guys made up this entire lie that she had this second family that owned a mansion and there was like all these cool things within the mansion almost like Richie Rich she made up that she had this other family with this mansion and she literally manipulated me to believe her that she had it and she created these like daily breakdowns, being like we're gonna go visit my family there and let's make a list of all the stuff that we'll do there and she literally led this on for like months first started out as like friends but she was such a abusive friend towards me where she would be really nasty to me and manipulative and i put up with it for a long time but then when she became so physically terrible towards me that's when everything with her friendship went south and then we no longer so like in the beginning I actually had gone to her house and thought that I was like having like a friendship with somebody and then that only lasted for a couple of months and then it turned to all freaking hell anyways she became so bad in that class that she literally ended up leaving our school and they had to put her in another school because she was so psychotic but ultimately this girl destroyed my life that year. I literally will never remember how much she affected me. There was also one time when I was sitting with like a couple other girls in the class and she straight up came up with a permanent marker and scribbled it all over the front of my shirt. Do you even understand how traumatizing this was as, what was I like 10 years old? Not even, I was like nine years old eight nine years old this girl was such a bully and she would just say nasty things about my hair and she had like long blonde hair and like tan skin and I was like pale and dorky with like freckles and like curly brown hair she was <clears throat> she was so nasty it was so mean I never had experienced even as an adult I never had experienced 
anybody as nasty as that girl was to me. And she even like would vandalize my desk and like read my journal and my oh my god I could go on forever you guys it was so horrible I can't believe I just went on for like 10 minutes talking about this but literally I forgot all about these suppressed memories until it randomly like I said nothing happens random popped into my head today so anyways when that popped into my head today I knew exactly what to do when it happened if that would have popped into my head a year ago and it just would have eaten at me all day long but instead because I've been doing Lacey's work for such a long time, I went in and I did an inner child hypnosis, which allowed me to start reprogramming those thoughts so that they weren't something that was stagnant, stuck within me. And then I did a 15 minute breath work recording that I have from Brie, because after you do one of Brie's classes, she sends you a recording of the breath work so you can do it on your own at home and honestly her class only costs forty dollars i've done her breath work that she sent via email probably 500 times it was way worth the forty dollars i'm telling you all you should 100 percent do it i am also getting certified in breath work so eventually i will be able to also hold these classes so i did those and when I was doing Bree's breath work, it asked in the beginning to set an intention of what you would like to release during that breath work. And immediately when I set my intention for that breath work, I said, I want to release out this energy from Aaron Bailey from fourth grade. And the minute that I set the intention, I didn't even speak it. I set it in my head. I started bawling. Again, like I said, this stagnant energy that's trapped within you and here I am and I've been doing this inner work for really really consistently for eight months and this memory is just now showing up it's just we have so many layers you guys that are just trapped within us that we need to get in there and release out and like I said this stuff subconsciously is in there festering away eating at us like even like I just told you about this story I had no idea that that was something that was within me that was affecting me daily and it was and there's so much within it so many emotions within it that I've held as an adult shame fear unworthiness like because of the way that this girl treated me and because I wasn't able to even stick up for myself and have people believe me it, it made me stop trusting who I was as a person because of that year in fourth grade. It wasn't just one event where I experienced this toxicity. I dealt with this girl for like eight months of terrorizing me. And no freaking wonder that's been something that's been stuck within me. I'm just shocked that it's taken this long to come out. But I don't care either way because it's making me grow from it and I'm finally moving on from it. So as you can see, it doesn't just take, you know, one week of doing inner work, two weeks of meditating or journaling, you know, trying to do breath work. Like I didn't start doing any of this work until I was 32 years old, you know, almost 32. I guess I was 31 and a half. So it, it was 31 years of stuff that you have within you. So you can't imagine that with just in a couple weeks or even a couple months that you're just going to be past all of these things. That the most important thing is to start working on them 
to move past them because you also carry all of those things into the rest of your life. You carry it into how you're going to parent your children, how you react in a relationship, how you react with coworkers, how you behave with your money, how you treat yourself, if you have self-love for yourself. All of that inner child work, all that inner stuff really rolls over into how you ultimately behave as an adult. I now, I, I actually feel really grateful and lucky that I haven't found my soulmate yet because number one, I don't think that I would have wanted to go into a marriage with all of this inner trauma and shadow work that I had never worked through before. And I also, I don't know, like, I mean, a man might think I'm totally freaking nuts, which let's be honest, I am. <laughs> I'll wear the crown. But I want a man who's also done inner work. Like, I don't know if I can get with somebody who hasn't also acknowledged the limiting beliefs that have been programmed in him from his childhood. Like, I need a man who's also on this level of that. And that's literally, I have my manifestation list for my soulmate. Literally, it says on it, like, must have done inner work <laughs> because I, it's so re relevant. Like, it's so valid and it's that important to me. So I'm not an expert on any of this by any means. I know there are many different ways that you can acknowledge and work through and do inner work and shadow work and really move past a lot of this stuff that's within you. But like I said, this is the stuff that has worked for me. This is what has allowed me to be reborn and rise like the phoenix because I have... I feel like I got to the point this year where I was just like the pulp left. Like I had nothing left. I had peeled back so many layers. I had released so much. And it's funny because now I am rebuilding into my actual purpose. I finally had to unlearn everything I had ever known my entire life. And I'm just now where I'm in the rebuilding phase. And that's why, you know, I'm, I'm building my podcast and I'm, I'm doing spiritual work and the type of work that my soul has always wanted to do, but I have been, you know, shunned in thinking that it was even possible for me to do. I, I spent so long out of alignment that it literally took me being reborn and releasing everything to then be able to build back up. I have to rise like the phoenix. I, I got burned down to nothing where there was nothing left, nothing left in the way. And now I'm in the phase of rising like the phoenix. And I'm not saying that that's how it has to be for everybody, but I have personally experienced it to get to this point where I'm at now. And if anything, I just want you to all know that it's possible. It's 100% possible. And you are worthy of doing it. And everyone deserves to do it. Everyone deserves to be in alignment, walking in purpose, fulfilling their journey here that's why your soul came here your soul didn't come here to be unhappy burdened in toxic relationships surrounded by negativity that's not why your soul came here that's what society wants for you and society doesn't want you to do all this inner work they want you to be programmed they want you to be a sheep so they can herd you towards where they what they want you to know what they want you to be they want us to be these toy soldiers in line no, that's not why you're here. That's not why you came to earth. It is your God-given right to be able to 
move past these limiting beliefs and these things that have been holding you back for so long. Release out this stagnant energy that is stuck within your physical body and move forward walking in a life of purpose. It is your God-given right. And I hope that this inspires you to take on that and to move forward in your life really honoring yourself for what you deserve because every single thing that you want in this world you deserve to have there's a reason why you want it your soul is attracted to it for some reason you deserve to have all of those amazing great things but subconsciously if you have those limiting beliefs you're not ever going to have that stuff because your limiting beliefs are going to do nothing but hold you back so if anything do the inner work just for the fact of no longer being held back in your life i love you all and i hope that this helped any of you in any way shape or form there are many different ways to be doing inner work these are some good examples that I personally have done myself. There will be a link below where you can click on to get access to all of the different ones that I have done. Well, thank you so much for the support. Um, I also have my email below where if you want to rate and review the show, I would really appreciate it because it really supports me and gets more people seeing it. Want to take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story, tag me at Kirby V. I'll leave my Instagram below as well. And I can reshare it because I, I really love to see everybody who's listening and supporting the show as well. And if anything, I just want to remind you all to be kind and be good people and treat others with love and gratitude and compassion because no matter what, you have no idea what other people have been through and the burdens that they're carrying on their back and all of that stuck inner child that's within a lot of people shows how much people just need more kindness and compassion and caring so make sure that you're doing some random act of kindness every single day or at least every single week once a week you know give people compliments when you see them buy somebody a cup of coffee i promise you the five dollars you spend will come back to you in dozens of ways you know offer to do something nice for your mom or take somebody out to dinner or you know just anything there's so many ways you don't even need to spend money to be kind to other people and our world needs more kindness the more that we lift each other up the more that we get into these higher vibrational emotions like love and gratitude and that is what raises our vibration here on earth and our consciousness and helps people people come together instead of creating that division between others so i just think it's more important now than ever to really spread that love and I love you all. I hope that you have a beautiful day, whether you're listening to this in the morning or the evening, and I will chat with you all later. Okay, bye.